My name is Justin Lohr. And I'm Liam O'Donnell. And you are listening to episode 109 of Har Business. And we are joined by a very, very special guest today. Oh. We are joined by proud New Jersey Edgeman and <laughs> fellow grade super fan, Tim <laughs> Shaw. Hey, it's me. <laughs> hey. I like I, great, I like I like great super fan. That's that's that that really sets you guys apart. I like proud oh, New Jersey edge. <laughs> no, that was actually the best part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm very excited so, to be here, and we are excited to have you because we, uh, we we we've wanted to have you on for a minute now, and only recently made it happen. And I'm so fucking grateful this came together. Um, we're going to be talking about. Two films from the New French Extremity? Is that what it's called, Liam? Uh, I mean, that's like the law. I mean, people just say French Extremity. And at this point, <coughs> it's kind of over. So it's like weird when we say new. I think people get confused when you say new because it's like it was new when these movies came out, I guess. But it's, it's now just people say, you know, the French Extreme. But it, it seems like that movement is over, right? I don't think it's... I don't think anyone's mm -hmm. called a movie The French Extreme for a while, you know? I think that maybe a film I'm going to talk about belongs in that movement. Yeah, I'm excited to hear about it. I, <laughs> I, I will say the director of High Tension has done movies recently, and the or was it High Tension? No, it was Martyr. The director of Martyrs did something recently that was not in my mind, that dissimilar to Martyrs. And the critical response to it was like he had made Human Centipede. Like people were like, oh, fuck off. People were like, this is the, <laughs> people were like, this is the worst shit ever. And I was like, isn't it just like a different version of Martyrs? Like, what are we talking? These are the same people who are like, I, I, I shouldn't be a jerk. But uh, regardless, I just think maybe, maybe what it is is that the interest these movies might still be getting made, but the obsession, like when I say people were obsessed, I don't even just mean like what we would now call film Twitter or film critics in general. I applied for an academic conference that was philosophers talking about the new French extreme. Like it was a deal. It was a cultural event among a number of different people because of the popularity. Like high tension actually was, you know, not a you know huge, huge movie, but big for a foreign independent horror film, did pretty good. Same with Martyrs, same with a few of these other movies. Uh, and, and other movies got sort of lumped into this. Like I think people talk about Gaspar No in, in, in or No Way, sorry, in React. Oh, Irreversible, in, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I wouldn't consider Irreversible part of this movement, but I get why people connect. You know what I mean? Like I get why some of these movies get lumped together, but it's not clear that it's a movement or rather, was a movement where like anyone was in charge you know what i mean like if you talk about like lars von trier and like dog may like they had like a manifesto french extreme just became like i don't know there's a lot of fucked up french movies i guess we'll call it french extreme <laughs> <laughs> ah, there's a bunch of fucking dudes sitting around like hey wouldn't it be nice if we took a woman and made her suffer so bad she sees a god hey 
Why why are they Italian? I don't know. That was crazy. Are they, was was that an Italian accent? It I was. Mean, it kind of oh, seemed a little Italian. Y- you know what? When when you say when I say Gaspar Noe, I was actually thinking of I Stand Alone. Um, I Stand Alone is the movie I think people associate with French Extreme, and it is a little weird. It's I mean not that all of his movies aren't extreme, but I think that's what that movie ends up getting smushed together with some of these other ones. Mm. Yeah, I mean I think uh, I think with the with what they were calling French Extreme too, it was a. It was a pretty wide gap of time, like the, right. the late '90s into the into the 2000s, when when all of these films were sort of coming out, and they were really all over the place. Some of them were were body horror. Some of them were, uh, you know, like that movie Frontiers. That's like sort of almost like a monster movie, right? You know what I mean? So it was kind of all over the place. Well, and I think, you know, people include just in Trouble Every Day. That's considered French extremity. Yeah, the, the, as, I, I saw that. And I was like, is, I mean, I guess it's kind of transgressive and horrifying because Vincent Gallo was in it. Mm-hmm. But that, that movie didn't really. <laughs> fuck him. You, I, I, you I motherfucker. Hate, no, I hate Vincent Gallo. I, He's a fucking garbage have, person. No, no, no. I totally support you hating him. It was just that line was so fast. I almost let it completely go before I realized what you had said. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like I'm looking at this list. I mean. No one should go to Wikipedia for anything, but I just went there because it was quick. You know, if you're putting Pola X and Trouble Every Day and, um, uh, you know, High Tension on the same list, that's a pretty broad net. And, mm-hmm. I, and, I, and I don't think even if it was helpful for critics to, to describe things this way, I don't know that the directors felt any connection to each other. I mean, in fact, Claire Denis, I don't think she's made any movie – like Trouble Every Day, since Trouble Every Day, and I love that movie, but it's sort of a, a unique film in her filmography. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's... I, I, I don't think I've seen anything else of hers. Oh, man. Uh, big recommend on that. One of my favorite directors. Uh, but, you know, pre- prepare to be bummed. <laughs> but, I, but, I, <laughs> I, but I'm into it. Hmm. All right. Well, before we go any further... Uh, let us give thanks to our lovely patrons over at patreon.com. You are the wind beneath our wings, the air within our lungs, and the fire within our breasts that give us the strength to push forward into an uncertain world and to impose our will upon that uncertain world to make it a little bit more certain, if not in our own image as we see fit, which other people may not see fit, but fuck them. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yes. So if you want to slightly fund our efforts to um, further piss people off on the Lehigh Valley punk uh, horror message board, which we don't I, I don't really we don't really do that much anymore. I think we did it like once. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Scratch that. If you just want to help us bring more understanding to the world, you can head on over to patreon.com backslash cinepunks and smash that fucking like button and whatever you give a dollar five dollars twenty dollars anything above that whatever every little bit helps i swear upon i don't know um some fucking book i own that we will provide more patreon content i swear it um so yeah just head on over there to patreon.com backslash and you know, you, you're you're not you're not dummies. You know how to fucking use Patreon. Uh, 
Um, I'd also like to thank the people over at Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. Now, Tim, if I said to you, I want to get a t-shirt made that says, I'm fucking glad Colin Powell is dead. I'm sad he didn't suffer more. <laughs> Lehigh Valley? Uh, Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. Yep. Yes. Yep. That's who I'd call. They will help you with your design um, that will piss off liberals and Republicans alike. Uh, if you have like <laughs> a, like this nascent idea for a design for your band or your podcast or you're a professional wrestler looking to do like, I don't know, if you're really into like early 90s uh, Eric Larson era Spider-Man and you want to do like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if uh, I had like a Maximum Carnage tribute t-shirt? Um he not only will he do that, he has done one of those things for a professional wrestler. So uh, if any of this fascinates you, head to www.xlvacx.com. That's www.xlvacx.com. I'm not going to say Chrissy Reject isn't straight edge. We all know that. I will say <laughs> that I don't hate Chris enough to rat him out. And only he will understand that reference when he hears it. So fuck that other guy. Yeah, I have no idea uh -huh. what we're talking about, but yeah. No, no one does. me either. I'm new here. <laughs> uh, you want me to talk about our other sponsor? Yes. Yo, we are also sponsored by our good friend, Aaron Dahlbeck, and his company, Essex Coffee Roasters. Head on over to EssexCoffeeRoasters.com. Here's the thing about the coffee from Essex, right? Uh, you're getting the highest quality beans, Roasted to order so that it's as fresh as possible from a company that's really looking to demystify good coffee so that good coffee doesn't have to be some strange math problem that only nerds can figure out. Fuck that. Good coffee is for everyone. So head over to Essex Coffee Roasters. You can get uh, a bunch of both single origin and blend coffees. They also have great tea over there as well as some awesome merch. You're going to pick up a bunch of stuff. If I were you, I'd spend like 100 bucks at least. And then on your way out, you're going to drop in a little code into the discount code area, C-I-N-E-P-O-N-X. That's right, Cinepunks, the, the podcasting network of note. And yes. that's going to get you 10% off your order. So, you know, uh, there's really no reason not to do it unless you are a monster. No. Are you, are you a monster? No, you're not. That's it. That's all I got. All right. <laughs> now, 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 usually is the time when I would ask Liam, you know, I would say, um, I, I, I got nothing. <laughs> I got I got nothing that can relate to these two movies in any positive way. Uh, it's either, hey, Liam, I'm going to murder a family. Um, I know you told me not to until I was sure, but I'm sure and I killed them. What's your favorite harm? Or possibly, hey, Liam, let's go visit your parents. I'm going to kill them because I'm in love with you. Uh, instead. Uh, spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Instead, I will ask our esteemed guest, Tim, what he has done involving horror movies recently. Oh, um, unfortunately, I saw Halloween Kills recently. Oh, so, uh, yeah. yeah. So that was that was terrible. Um, I finished up Midnight Mass, which I really, really enjoyed. Yes. Love it. Um, and I also watched the other night Coming Home in the Dark, the uh, New Zealand movie. Um, sort of, uh, 
I don't know. People, that line that blurs between horror and thriller, but it was really, really good, Coming Home in the Dark. I like the title. Uh, yeah, it's it's really, uh, it's really good. And I don't, uh, it's one of those sort of short, shortish movies that you can't talk about too much because you give away everything. Mm. So, yeah, so there, Coming Home in the Dark. Uh, and those are sort of the most three recent things. Halloween Kills was so utterly disappointing to be. I think I we you and I talked about it for a minute, Justin. Yeah, we, brief, we briefly over Facebook, it. we uh we, we we just you know hashed out about it about just how ugh. Liam, you saw it, uh, right? Did we not talk about it? I guess we haven't recorded for a little bit, huh? So we haven't had a chance no. to talk about it. Uh yeah, my official review is it's not like the worst thing I've ever seen. I mean I've sat through science crazed, <laughs> but uh but it's bad and and a number of folks are confused as to our distaste for it and are like what do you mean it's fun and i'm like no it's not fun i didn't have any fun watching it and what made it worse for me is i think it's a message movie which makes it even more ham you've made a cruel movie with no sense of humor and then had the audacity to be like also guys the the shitty mob that is no use against michael myers that's just like MAGA, huh? Think about that, huh? <laughs> Think about that shit. The hospital, doesn't that look like January 6th to you? Yeah, we're, we're working on different layers because horror is political. Eat my entire <laughs> ass. Because the, if you're going to take a swing on anything that matters, you better take a good swing, and this is actual poop. I mean, the whole hospital subplot is the worst part of the movie. It's a total waste of time. They it chase absolutely is. they chase that poor old man for like 15 minutes of this movie. It is <laughs> it is torture in the worst possible way. Um and, and then the you know, if prior to seeing this movie you had pitched me on paper like, okay, finally one of these slasher assholes gets cornered by a crowd and they try to fuck him up. And it's like, and it's not just like uh, a pure cartoon, whatever. I'd be like, oh, that sounds cool. And this movie manages to flub that. Just, <laughs> just take that one, the only kernel they had of an original idea. The it's not original. Little, That's how fucking Nightmare on Elm Street starts. That's, uh, uh, at that point, though, <laughs> at that point, though. That's a different scenario. What I'm saying is, Michael, this is an opportunity, by the way, for them to be like, look, I know he seems magic, but Michael Myers is not magic. He's just some guy who's super tough. And instead, they're like, no, actually, he's magic. It's no, he is crazy. magic. It's crazy <laughs> how he's actually magic. And I'm like, God damn it. I, I, every Halloween thing has to eventually turn to him being magic. And I'm so sick of it. <laughs> it's not what I want. I don't need magical Michael Myers. You know, it doesn't work. For My, me. I will say this about this movie. And I'm going to tie this in with this with Michael with this Halloween Kills. I love the comedian Patton Oswalt, and sure. one of the things that I always was like that holds me back is he does a bit about one time he went on Christmas Eve with his brother to see Jerry Maguire. They both got drunk beforehand, and while he was watching Jerry Maguire and having this like really intense emotional experience. His brother just stood up and yelled, fuck you at the screen. And he was just like, that was the funniest joke I'd ever heard. And I remember being like, I'd be so upset if someone did at the movies. If I was at the movies and someone yelled, fuck you at the screen, I would be I would be angry. I did that on <laughs> Thursday night when Charles Cipher, who was like, oh, he's made monsters out of all of us. I went, oh, fuck you as loud as I could. 
And then immediately it was like, oh shit, like I shouldn't have done that. But that's how fucking bad this movie was. Is it just yanked that from me? I mean, evil dies tonight, right? Evil over does die tonight. Again. That that ch- the chanting. Oh man, everyone in the room I was watching it with just Torture. let out this exhausted sigh of of. And two of the people that were in the room don't really dig horror, and they were like, "See, horror movies are stupid." And I was like, "No, they're not. This one is, but yeah. they're not." I will say, Justin, I've actually experienced that before, and it was uh, when I saw the first Transformers movie. Oh there, my God! Come on! No, there was a moment there. No, I will one hundred percent say that first Transformers movie. I know everyone lifts it up because the s- subsequent ones are so bad, but like that's the reason that movie makes me angry is that there's a couple of moments that make the rest of what is a pretty okay movie really bad, and uh, the, this particular moment is when uh, uh, Shia LaBeouf says. Uh, you know, whatever years from now, don't you want to be the person who got in the car? And as I was thinking, fuck you in my head, a man stood up and yelled it at the screen. And I literally, <laughs> and I literally said, because I, I was there with people from my Jesus school at the time. Amen, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody was offended. They all agreed. That was a fucked up moment. That was really stupid and made that movie worse than it already was. So there you go. <laughs> don't you want to? But it. Justin, don't you want to be the person who gets in the car? Look, I saw that movie with a very special girl, and I she told me. I, I did, okay? <laughs> She's actually probably listening right now. So, Shannon. Uh, hi. Hi. <laughs> um, anything else, Tim? Any any other cool things that are going on, going on around spooky time? No. Um, I mean, yes, but no, I, I've got a whole bunch of movies like uh queued up that i'm pretty excited about but uh nothing those are sort of the three most recent things uh that i've seen um and again i i it was weird i uh i watched midnight mass and i had we my wife and i went away and it was right before i watched the last episode and i didn't have any time to watch it so there was a gap between the second to last episode and the episode and then i got home and watched it maybe like a week and a half after I had watched the episode before that. And, and, um, so there was this huge gap and I thought it just, I just thought it was really great. Um, but yeah, there hasn't been, there hasn't been much past that. Hmm. Uh, I don't, um, yeah, I, I know I suck. I'm a terrible guest. I'm leaving now. No, no, there are definitely been weeks where I've had nothing to share because sometimes you're just busy. You know what I mean? Like there's, you don't always have a ton to talk about. I mean, I try, I honestly, uh, I, I try and watch multiple horror related content, uh, almost every night because there's so much of it and it's, it's oddly enough, it's become my, my bedtime ritual, but it just, I haven't, um, I went back and watched Martyrs and, uh, and High Tension again, uh, just because, you know, time away from a movie sort of clouds maybe the way the movie actually is for me yeah so i went back to to watch both of the films and, and be like am i remembering all these things the way i remember them in my mind so i watched those this week yeah um but yeah that's what i got that's still that's, pretty that's bad it. i think i mean i suppose could be better <laughs> could be better how uh, i feel, how about I you, feel inadequate 
No, Ouch. you're good. Well, how about how about how about this? We can jump into my thing. Um, everything I've watched horror wise has been for a podcast. I have not watched anything horror wise in the form of film that I could talk about that would be anything for fun. I haven't watched a single thing. Now I will say <laughs> that I have watched a lot of things for podcasts lately, and one of the things we did for Cinema Smorgasbord as like a Halloween special is that we watched uh, two newer films to discuss that I think we talked about one of them on here, but I don't know if we did the other one. So uh, Justin or Tim, I don't know if either one of you have seen um, The Censor. Have you seen this? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I, I feel like... Um I feel like I wanted it to stick with me a little more. This was... I, 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 I actually watched it for a second time for the podcast, and I realized that I think I find the ending a little anticlimactic because... Yeah, agreed. As agreed. I was watching it for the second time, I thought I had never finished the movie. And then as the ending comes up, I'm like, oh, no, I did finish this. I remember this. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, that's not a good sign for how I felt about the movie. Uh, and then we also talked about a movie. I, I don't know if we did talk about it on here or not, Justin. Uh, the new VHS movie, VHS 94. Yep, yep. Uh, I'll just go ahead and say to any listeners out there, I'll own that I basically can't be objective about this movie at all because the main producer, Josh Goldblum, is a good friend of myself and, of course, of Cinepunks in general. And on Cinepunks, we interviewed one of the directors, Ryan Prowse, uh, when his movie Low Life came out. So I'm already inclined to like it. I will say I also tend to not be if, – if you have a friend – if you think of your friends, right, and you're sensitive about something you've done and you want to share it with your friends who are just going to be encouraging no matter what – I will say I'm usually not one of those friends because I will just say, like, uh, it's not really for me. You know what I mean? Like, I'll just be honest about it. And this was uh, mostly for me. I will say I think the wraparound is is a little weak. Uh, if I could change anything, I think I, that would be the one thing I would change. But all the stories in, I was really into. I was super stoked on. Um, I really appreciate it. I really like a lot of the musical choices. Uh, and, you know, truly showing my bias the one directed by ryan was my favorite that was my favorite story but all the other ones i thought were, were really good too uh i'd say the only one of the uh, stories that maybe wasn't i didn't love as much as some of the other ones was the funeral one which i forget the name i wish i had it in front of me uh the funeral run that i think that was actually um uh what's his name sign like one of the original vhs guys directed that yeah yeah and um it was good, but it just wasn't. I felt like the other ones were a lot stronger. But, you know, to each their own. Uh, but for me, I dug it a lot. Uh, as far as uh, television, though, I actually started with uh, my wife. So my wife, Susan, people know, if they've been listening to the show for a while, is not stoked on horror things. She doesn't like being scared. But after we watched The Haunting of Fly Manor, she got a little curious about more spooky shows. Now, I will say she's a bit of a hypocrite because... <laughs> Back when we watched, <laughs> back when we watched Walking Dead, she was in from day one, and so I'm like, you don't. But she said that it's less scary than other things. So I don't know, whatever. Point is, she watched Midnight Mass with me and was on from day one. Just loved it. So now she's like, well, it's still October. We got to watch more spooky shows. And <laughs> I'm like, really? Because she's usually not stoked on horror. But there's just something about a show that she finds more palatable than a movie. So we'll see. I mean, she's, it's not like she's never watched horror movies with me before. Tim, I tend to punish her in October. 
Like I'm like, it's October, <laughs> so we have to watch at least you owe me one horror movie in October. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then if I don't collect, like last October, I didn't get a chance to collect my one. So then I was like, well, now you owe me two this October. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways, all that to say, Justin, um, we started the new season of Lock and Key as our new oh. spooky show. Although she has promised to go back to Flanagan's first haunting show on Netflix because she hasn't watched that yet. Uh, but I said... Between Lock and Key and that, uh, Lock and Key's not going to be nearly as scary as <laughs> that other one is. No, so, The Haunting of Hill House is fucking horrifying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah it's so, great. I mean, I, I definitely think she will watch it with me eventually. But I was like, yeah, let's let's do Lock and Key first, and then we can get to the other thing. So all that to say, I've enjoyed it so far. I'm, You know, we talked about this before. I don't know the comic books, you know? So I think if, if people are getting bummed that it's not following the comics, I wouldn't know. I don't have that as a measure. Uh, but as just a casual uh, uh, fan, I've enjoyed it a lot. I thought it's been really good so far. Um, there is one other horror movie I forgot I need to talk about. There was Halloween Kills. There was another one that you have not seen, but I know you were excited to see. And I was not excited to dampen your expectations. And that is God a movie called Antlers. Oh, don't dampen my expectations either. Guys... I mean, uh, make your own decisions, man. We, not everyone agrees. Me and Justin don't always agree. I'm just telling you, for me, it don't work. It don't <sighs> work. Uh, I mean, points for a number of things. Carrie Russell and Jesse Plemons are the main people. Plus, there's a kid who, uh, I'm sorry, I forget his name, but uh, he's 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 basically another co- They kind of co-star. All three of them are in it so much. They're all great. And none of the other performances are bad, but those three people stand out. Um, but, you know, it's I don't think it's a... Well, I don't know. Have they sort of talked about what the central idea... I don't know what's a spoiler and what's not a spoiler because I haven't seen any of the trailers. So is it is it still a mystery as to what the movie's about? Like, I don't want to spoil it. The most I, I, have, recent, I have ideas. The most recent trailer I saw... And I don't know. I mean, I guess since it's a trailer, it's not a spoiler. Was the kid in the movie is getting bullied by someone, and then as he walks away, something jumps out of a tree or out of sure, the brush, sure. and and you know some kind of animal. I, I don't know what it is. Obviously, kills the kid, and that's the trailer I've seen. So I have this well, like. Go ahead. No, I mean that's just sort of my general. That's yeah. really all I know. Okay, so I will say if, if people are interested in my spoilery review, uh, there's a bonus episode. By the time this comes out, I think it might already be out. But in case it's not, there's a bonus episode coming out of Cinepunks where me and Josh just talked about new movies and we just spoiled everything we saw. So if you're like, <laughs> I don't give a fuck, like I want to know, you can listen to it there. All I will say is the legend that is animating this movie has indigenous roots. Mm. Thusly, there must be a magical indigenous no, person no! to explain that <laughs> no! to all of the white people. No. What's more, this indigenous legend is related to greed and other moral vice, right? Mm. And so uh, the kid, his dad is a meth dealer, right? That's not a spoiler. It's in the first, that's how the movie starts, is with his dad making meth in a mine. 
And uh, Carrie Russell's able to identify and connect with this kid because her dad was a horrible pedophile. Now, I'm not going to say the movie says those are the same things because I don't want to spoil the movie. <laughs> I don't want to see it now. I'm taking well, it off my list. I mean, here's, no. here's, here's the deal. It's not, it's not terrible, actually. I think there are some scares that work. There are some special effects that are good, and there are some special effects that are bad. I don't totally regret seeing it, but that's because I saw it for free. You know, what 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 makes me negative on it is a there are three actors acting their butts off in a movie that does not deserve the performances that they are giving, which are very strong performances in my estimation. And also uh, executive producer on this thing is our boy, uh, uh, GDT, you know, our man Guillermo. Is, is, yeah, I mean, is you on expect a lot thing. with his name attached to it, right? Well, I mean, I, and he's it, not just—he's not just over it. When they showed it at the Philly Film Fest, he was there to answer questions, not the director. So that says to me, my man is deep—is deep in this thing, and uh, it doesn't—it doesn't smack to me of his fingerprints. It doesn't feel like he has the touch on it that I want him to have. Hmm. Well, I mean, this doesn't excuse it, but. In a movie that's about an indigenous legend and there are indigenous people in it, I will take that over, you know, I don't know. Sure. Uh, I mean, it, chapter two. You, okay. Or uh, even even more so. What was the movie we saw with the autistic kid who was magic and communicated oh, with ghosts? Oh, my fucking God in heaven. <laughs> I don't even. Uh, in the dark. I will say. Okay. I will say. Of movies in which the one character who is indigenous knows all the myths and can fill in the white people, right? This is the least offensive version I've seen of that. So I will give it that. Okay. And so, uh, but there's other decisions that are made that you'll have to tell me what you think of them when you see it. Because I know you, you're still going to see it. I don't know if you'll go to a theater to see it. No, I'm seeing it on Thursday. I have tickets. Oh, man. Well then, yeah. Let me let me know. Let me know. I, here's the thing, Justin, and this has happened before. I'm willing to tell. I'm willing to hear you out that you actually love it, and I'm full full of crap. That's totally fine. I wouldn't. This is not one of those movies where I'm like, if Justin loves this, the podcast is over. It's not like that. It's just I left what the movie. What movie is like that? What movie none, is like that? None really. But I like to pretend. But but uh, but I did leave the movie thinking. I think that was pretty good, but some of it sat really poorly with me. And then I'm driving home like, yeah, and I didn't like that. And why would you do it that way? And by the time I got home from the theater, I was like, I think I fucking hated that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's you know, you, you'll have to let me know what you think. So uh, oh like I said, there's, there's a lot that I'm holding back because it will, if I, I, again, we don't believe a ton in spoilers on this podcast, but there's enough surprises in the movie that if I let any of that go, I think it would affect your experience watching it. And that's what I don't want. I think a lot of times we say anything you know about a movie is a spoiler, but if it doesn't affect the plot, if it's not a surprise, it's not really a spoiler. It's just a fact about the fucking movie. But there's a few surprises in the movie that I don't want to take away from you. All right. So, yeah. but we'll talk about it after you see it. It'll it'll okay. be a fun episode. I don't think we do a whole episode on it, but we'll talk about it in the in okay. this. Okay, uh, that's a, that's it. That's it for me though. Those, those things are all all I got. Uh, as well as as we already said, I I also regretted watching Halloween Kills. <laughs> uh, I have I have one other movie just to bring up because I think one or both of you saw it. Sure. Uh, I, I'm really excited about that movie Lamb. Oh my god! I haven't seen it. 
Uh, Justin, you saw it, right? Yes, I did. Yeah, because I know A24 was doing a screening of it tonight. You know how they do those things now where you can you can pay whatever and you can watch it the night before it gets wide release. Um, and I'm super excited about it. Uh, so there's that. That's that Antlers was number one on my list, but now I don't want to see it anymore. So <laughs> Lamb has now moved into the... Now that all my fun has been spoiled. Watch, yeah, thanks, watch, Liam. Watch you end up watching it and you're like, Liam, you're full of shit. This is my favorite movie of the year. <laughs> Best movie I've ever seen. That's Fuck It's you, my Liam. number one movie of 2021. I'm calling it right now. I mean, I, I wouldn't Lamb? call this... I wouldn't... Oh, you're saying uh, Antlers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, w- I wouldn't call this horror, but I will throw out there that it's sort of... It, it has body horror elements. I watched that uh, Tatane movie. Did oh my god, that? that movie was so good. It's great. It's, it's great. Fucking, yeah. It's fucking great. It's so good, and it, it's it's weird because it's clearly a body horror movie, but it doesn't play like a body horror. You know what I mean? Like the the the, the one of the major motivating things is a kind of body horror, but it doesn't have all of the same senses of dread that other body horror would have. So it almost is like a body horror influenced different genre of movie if that makes sense it's uh it gave me like a really weird um i don't even know how to say it like it made me feel like a lot of weird things like there's definitely like a ton of body horror in there but then i also think there's like that weird tragedy of like what we're willing to look past in the name of in the name of grief Mm -hmm. which i think is horrific it's a pretty i mean I saw someone call it a post-human family drama, and I thought, ah, that's actually not too far off either. That's that's got it's got some of that in there. Yeah, like, um, this, take this with a grain of salt. <laughs> uh, when I was watching that movie, it just okay. So, a little funny anecdote: uh, a few years ago, I took a girl to see Eraserhead at the Mahoning Drive-in, and. My boss, you know, the next day I came in, my boss was like, oh, what'd you do last night? And I was like, oh, I took a girl to see a razor head. And he's just like, are you trying not to get laid? And I was like, ah, Rick, no, it's it's not like that. He's like, there's only one way to see a razor head. And that's done up on Coke in 1979 in Times Square on roller skates <laughs> like I did. And I was like, okay, like, checkmate. While I was watching Titan, there's this scene when the firefighters are having their, like, dance off. Yeah. Which was so powerfully homoerotic. I was in the back of the movie theater by myself and I just thought, I bet this movie would be amazing if I was on drugs right now. Like, not I wish I was on drugs, not like, but just like the thought of like, if I was on like ecstasy, this would probably be the greatest movie I've I've ever seen. And I think that sums up how I felt about that movie. Is that I thought it was amazing but it seems like the type of film that like if you could somehow enhance the texture of it and make it like a textural thing, it would be amazing. I can see that. Also, it was very horny, which I appreciate. (laughs) (laughs) And transgress and and like, I think that movie might actually comes close to being part of like the, 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 the new French extreme, if only because of how, quietly transgressive it is and how it alludes to like a lot of like um i mean obviously like the scenes where she's like you know murdering people is like grotesque and obvious but like 
the weird sexual tension between her and the firefighter who they're both play acting that like she's his son, I think is so gross and disgusting while simultaneously being like sad and tender. Agreed. Yeah. And I just think that there's, there's a neat, there's a, there's an element there that reminds me of like martyrs in high tension where something gorgeous and beautiful and wonderful is made perverted, but is still nice to look at, which is what this movie was. Um, you know, in a movie where a woman fucks a truck, it had a lot of, uh, I don't know, like, like near like moments where I was like almost in tears because of how like sweet it was at times. Like, like the scene when, um, again, during the weird slow motion, like firefighter dance party, when she's dancing with this, with this, this fire captain and the look on his face is he's so happy to have his quote unquote son back with him. Like that was a really powerful moment. Like that really, like, it was just like, oh, finally this guy has the peace he's been longing for, even though it's completely built on nothing. He's still happy in this like construct of like um fatherhood that he's that he's you know utterly perverting i don't know like it it feels it feels dirty to say that because there is a lot of like quasi incestual like horniness going on but this it was it just this movie took me to a lot of weird places is what I'm trying to say if you haven't picked up on that already <laughs> like I just like I'm glad I had most of the theater myself because I was very like I, like I was very fidgety and I was like doing a lot of thinking and like you know I I, I had a good time like unpacking this movie at four in the morning last Friday when I couldn't sleep yeah I feel that did you do anything else Liam that's it for me man what do you got uh, I saw Lamb. It was amazing. Um, it was simultaneously the cutest thing I've ever seen and the most depressing thing I've ever seen. Um, I cried at the end. Uh, every moment that the, the Lamb child is on screen is the fucking cutest thing I have ever seen in any movie ever. It's so adorable. It's so whimsical and, and charming and sweet and just, oh my God, it's so adorable. Like I was just in the back, like, like, I just, oh, I just, like, oh, I want a lamb baby. I feel like it's going to be so sad that I'm not even going to be able to deal with it. Oh, it's heartbreaking. Like, uh, this isn't, like, just to spare you so you're not worrying about it, the lamb baby doesn't die, but it's still a very, very, very sad movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just have prepared myself to be completely devastated. Yeah, it, it like, it's also, like, really creepy. Like, th they show it in the trailer sometimes, like, there'll just be these shots of these sheep just looking at the camera, looking pissed off. And I was like, it was giving me like anxiety. I was just like, oh fuck, like what's gonna happen? Like, what are these things gonna do? <laughs> There's they're gonna burn the house down when no one's looking. And it was just I, it was it was a movie that um had a lot of unorthodox and quietly horrifying imagery, and it also kind of it, it, it was like it looked into like grief and actually kind of similar similar to, to Titan, like the things we'll look past in order to like fill a hole in our lives. But instead of like 
a serial killer who is pretending to be a boy, you are, uh, you have a, you know, a centaur child, like a, <laughs> like a, like a, or no, like a reverse pan, I guess. Um, but it's just very, I don't know, like the scene, like it's in the trailer where like the, 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 the one guy's brother shows up and he's like, what, what is this abomination? And he just says, it's happiness. And I was like, fuck, that's so beautiful. It's such a nice <laughs> thing. It's such a sweet thing. And then like, I don't know, it just, it, 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 it was a movie that was about like these people finally found peace and, and happiness in their lives. And then it's about that being taken away from them. And it is so crushing and devastating that I, I just, I, I like, I was thinking of, I'm, I'm still like, we're now like two weeks out from it. I'm still like thinking about it. Yeah, it's on the, it's definitely on the top of my list of things to see. I will say there is a scene in which a sheep gets shot. They don't show it, but the sight of the sheep being dragged away is, um, is not fun. It's not fun. Uh, what else have I watched? Oh, um, similar to what you were talking about last week, Liam, last night, or no, Sunday night, uh, Pap and I watched Toby Hooper's Sounds Lot. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's the first time I've watched it in a while. Um, it was even scarier as an adult than it was when I was a little kid. Because, uh, sure, the scene where we first see Kurt Barlow is upsetting when he fucking jumps out at the guy in the jail cell. That's scary. Uh, but the scene where, um, I forget the character's name. He's like the school teacher goes upstairs and that guy is just like sitting in the rocking chair. Yeah, that that's is, unbelievable. That might be the scariest scene in any Toby Hooper movie. Yeah, that's what I said when we talked about it last time. I was like that the the way his eye, like, and you know when he finally looks up at the camera, his eyes are going to be fucked up. You know it. Yeah, yeah. And yet it happens and you're like, fuck, all right. Okay. All right. I'm it's, good. I'm done. It's here. also like the way he moves. There's something that's so fucking like inhuman about it. Right. That I was like sitting there like trying to be like, huh, huh. and of course my grandfather's like, ah, look at that guy. Look at that. And I'm like, yeah, that's, I'm not fucking terrified out of my head right now. Look at him. Like, yeah, it's all jokes. Pat. Yeah. It's all funny. This is real funny. I'm, I'm having fun. Um, I also started watching speaking of Sounds a lot. I started watching that TV show Chapelweight, which is like the prequel to Salem's Lot. Oh, I don't know anything about that. Oh yeah, it's got like Adrian Brody and um, uh, a bunch of other people in it. I did not know that's what that was. I know I knew he was on a show. Yeah, I had no idea what the show was. Yeah, it's based on the short story Jerusalem's Lot, which if you've ever read, you know that it doesn't have a happy ending. So uh, everyone's gonna die on the show. Well, there you go. Well, there's that now. Yeah, now we know. <laughs> Great. Well, it's just like, I mean, <laughs> if you've ever read Salem's Lot, I mean, there's a reason the town was abandoned for like 200 years or whatever. And like, this is how that town gets abandoned because some poor fucker goes there with his kids and, um, you know, the worm takes them. Oh, man. I, I don't like that. <laughs> no, I don't think anyone does. Um, <laughs> so I think we're going to take a quick break. 
and when we come back, we're going to talk about 2000 and 2003's French slasher film directed by Alexandre. Uh, is it Aja? Is it is it Aja? I think it's Aja. Aja. Yeah, somebody tell me because that's the only reason I came on the podcast <laughs> to find out how to pronounce his I last was, name. I thought it was Aya. No, I don't know. I don't know. Like Yoker. I think I think it's Aja, right? I think it's Aja. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Aja. Yeah. Um, the French slasher film directed by Alexander Aja, High Tension. We'll be right back. And we are back to talk about 2003's Haute Attention. I, I did it again. Why did I do Italian? Italian? Yeah, it's 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 hot. Hot Attention. There we go. Nope, that's, that's uh, Spanish. That's added Spanish. <laughs> that's fine. God damn it. It's 2003 <laughs> slasher film. Uh, it's widely considered part of the new French extremity movement. Um Tim, tell us about this movie and your background with it. Uh, like, how did you first see this movie? I I came across this movie. A friend recommended it to me. Um, and I have this really weird relationship where I think I've gone through uh, sort of three different, three different periods with this film. The, the first time I saw it, uh, I loved it. I didn't think too much about the ending, which Liam, like you were saying early on before the podcast started, people give their opinion on the movie based on, you know, well, this is what people say about the ending or this is, you know, the twist or whatever. Right. So the first, the first time I saw it, I, I was all in and I, and I didn't, I just didn't think too much about sort of the inconsistencies that, that come with viewing it multiple times. And then as I saw it, more and more, I started to lean towards that, like, oh, what's going on? This this doesn't make any sense, and, and this doesn't make any sense, and now I hate this movie. And then I watched it again after watching uh, uh, 
Aja did a did a director's commentary on it. Oh sure, yeah. And, and he and he just kept referring to. You have to remember that the movie that you're watching is the narration from a mentally unstable, unreliable witness. So any of the inconsistencies, if you're taking it at Aja's, what Aja is telling you about the film, then those inconsistencies sort of can go away. Right. And so, and so now I, I've, I've sort of come full circle and I'm okay with the twist ending and I'm okay with the inconsistencies. And when I watch it, I think with or without the twist ending, this is a great slasher film. You know, I don't even know if, if, if the twist ending, if I think the film could have done without that and it would be fantastic. And now when I went back and watched it recently for the podcast, I thought, yeah, the twist is fine. The twist is fine. Hmm. So yeah, I, I've sort of gone uh, through many emotion, many emotions with it. Hmm. Justin, what about you? What are you, I, I, I've never heard you even mention uh, this movie, let alone a lot of like, I kind of think of French extreme as like not your vibe. So I was kind of curious what you would think about this. So this is the first time I've ever seen this movie. Same, um, by the way. I what? actually, yeah, well, I'll get into why in a sec. I actually like this movie quite a bit. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure how I feel about, I'm not against the twist. I, I don't, I, I'm like when that happened, I was like, Oh, that's actually kind of interesting. Um, there was one detail that I went back and I was like thinking about and had to rewatch it to make sure I wasn't imagining anything. The only thing that bothers me is the scene when we first see the serial killer where he's like fucking a severed head. Um, that happened when there was like no one else around. Like that wasn't, I just, I don't know if that's what that girl was like fantasizing about or, or what. Um, I mean, to be fair, technically the whole truck doesn't make sense. Where does the truck come from? Yeah. I mean, but that's that. Yeah. That, I mean, that's actually what Roger Ebert said. Um, I, I'm Is that what Roger Ebert said? I assumed he'd be not down with a lot of things. In no, the <laughs> Roger Ebert quote, apparently said uh, there is a truck size plot hole in this movie. Literally, someone drives a truck through it. <laughs> Fuck, that's a good line. Even, <laughs> if, we don't agree, even yeah. if you don't agree with them, yeah. that's a great line. Which is why yeah. I'm sad he's dead. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, even though this movie is basically without the twist, this movie is uh, and here comes fucking nerd alert lore this movie is intensity by dean koontz except it's told from a different like it, it doesn't have the the serial killers po well i mean i guess it does have the killer's pov um i will i i read i read probably 30 reviews of this movie on letterbox yeah just people who and seriously just in five different people's review was why has dean koontz not sued this person yet <laughs> this yeah, is totally, clearly his yeah. story yeah, for sure. Um, no, but I, 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 I really like this movie. Like, I, I thought the idea of, um, you know, Al, or Marie being so obsessed with Alex that she did all this shit. Like, obviously, I'm not saying it's cool, but like, I'm. I think the idea of someone being so obsessed with someone else that they'll do horrific things and then go to like 
these like insane lengths to hide the horror of their own actions from themselves, I think is fascinating. Like it kind of made me think about reading, um, reading about like what Jeffrey Dahmer did where like he would do all this like horrifying shit, but he would need to be blackout drunk while he did it. Cause he couldn't help himself. He just didn't want to think about it. And I think there's like a weird fucked tragedy there. Like not condoning, you know, murdering a dog for people, but I do think that is an interesting, uh, it's a neat place to draw horror from, um, in that someone's obsession is, is great, but not great enough to overpower their sense of guilt. If that, or of shame, if that makes any sense. That's interesting. Also, I'm very sad that there were no boobies in this movie. That was wrong. <laughs> that was wrong. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, I did not seek this movie out when it came out because the twist was ruined for me before I saw the movie. Oh. And it was ruined for me by people who did not like the movie. So, the vibe I got was... Oh, that movie sucks. It has this stupid twist that makes the whole movie stupid. I'm not going to see it. And then it wasn't like I necessarily held that opinion for all these years. I just, that's why I didn't see it when it came out. And then every time I had an opportunity to put it on, I'd be like, man, I don't know. There's other stuff I want to watch, whatever, whatever. So when you picked it, I was kind of stoked, though I was also anxious because I'm like, well, what if I hate it? And Tim comes on, he's his guest, and I'm like, yeah, man, you suck. This movie sucks. Fuck you. Like, I feel like that would be, that would be a bummer. That would be such a bummer. Uh, so then I watched the movie, and um, what do I want to say? It's interesting watching it knowing the plot twist because all of the inconsistencies are obvious to me from the beginning. Totally, yeah, when the, when, sure. the, when the truck shows up, Knowing what I know, but having not seen the movie, I thought, well, how the fuck do they explain the truck? I don't understand what's happening here. So I think I think it, it took me a bit to get to the point where I thought, I think worrying about the inconsistencies is silly because I think what we're meant to be doing is to see the whole thing as like her delusion, right? But yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, totally. But here's my deal, right? I'm going to reference another movie. I really like the movie Sleepaway Camp. Right, I think Sleepaway Camp is great. There's probably other movies similar I've to Sleepaway Camp that I like as well. But the thing about Sleepaway Camp is that it's so it is so uh, uh, pardon the very deliberate pun campy. It is so cornball that when the big reveal is basically like some sort of uh, uh, transgender nightmare, right? When it's revealed, oh, no, she's actually a boy. That's why she murders everyone. Part of me sort of writes it off as like, well, you know, whatever. It's a it's a silly movie, blah, blah, blah. What I was amazed by with this movie, right, is everyone kept telling me how corny the twist was. And I thought, oh, the frustrating thing with me, the twist, is how intensely homophobic it is, actually. That's my actual concern, not that it's inconsistent. And it combining the two together of like, oh, 
she's both uh, uh, disturbed and a lesbian, and that's why she's a murderer. Was like, oh, I don't know. This isn't <laughs> this isn't 1984, guys. This is like solidly in the 2000s. I think we know that this is a bad idea. Um, it kind of bummed me out a little bit, especially the 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 uh, the whole like repressed hiddenness of it. You know, I actually think if the movie had done a little more to lean into that and sort of reveal like. Yeah, she's got a crush, whatever. And that, that's not there as much as I kind of want it to be. I think maybe I'd be a little more okay with it because it would be like, okay, I get that there's like a human side here. But it's it's really strange the way that it kind of reveals at the end. And and I think that's supposed to make it more shocking. But I but I, I don't know. It, it all kind of felt to me a little edgelordy, which is a shame because – I do think the slasher film that leads to that ending is pretty solid. I I, I think at the time, if I had seen it, I just would have loved, I think I would have loved it and then been bummed by the ending like other people were. But um, I will say it's a little weird to watch it for the first time now because like, you know, there's some crazy stuff here. Like I, you know, if the movie's old enough, I'm not worried about spoilers. When, when I guess she, not he straight up smushes the dad's head off with a, with a piece of furniture. (laughs) <laughs> that's some crazy ass shit. I was like, fuck, yeah, whoa, whoa. Like, that's some crazy shit right there. Um, but, like, I, you know, in 2021, I've seen so much crazy violence that, like, I don't need that, really. I, I'm i more interested in the emotional core of the movie. And, and it, you know, I think if, if, it, if I was going to give this the compliment, I think, of it being a solidly uh, uh, French extremity movie, I think that twist would have been more emotional and less like, ha ha, I tricked you, it's her. Like it, it, it didn't have for me, and I and I, I know for, for you, Justin, you felt a little bit more of the, the tragedy here or the, the melancholy of it. It didn't hit that way for me. And I hmm. think if they had if they had humanized her crush you know, if they had made that more of the movie ahead of time, so that that wasn't the that wasn't the surprise. The surprise was that she magically brought a truck with her so she could murder the family. <laughs> that would have been a little different. But it, the twist is both that she's the killer and that she's in love with this girl because they, you know, other than a masturbation scene, which, by the way, you know, that was very much intentional, right? That she masturbates and the killer shows up, right? Which yeah. is like, <laughs> talk about taking the equating death with sex. You know, like it's taking the Friday the 13th of like teenagers who fuck get killed. This is like a whole other level. Like <laughs> touch yourself and you'll murder everyone. Like it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's it, there's something very visceral there. I, I think maybe I could buy into it a little bit if it was like more fun and campy. But it's not. It's very serious. This is a very serious movie in a lot of ways. And and for whatever reason, it doesn't work for me in the way that those other ones do. That being said, it's still better than a lot of like new slashers. Like kind of like slashers after like 1990 tend to be a troublesome affair. They tend to be not my favorite films. This is very solidly good. I just think if they had handled that ending a little bit differently, then this would be, a, for me, one of the great films of that decade. You know, of, of of a decade where there's a lot of horror films I don't love. I think this would be solidly. It just the the way it's not that there is a surprise ending. It's just the way that it's handled didn't really work 
for me, you know, and it, and it missed out on an opportunity to really hit something that for me would have been more like sad. Like we've said this before, if I'm both scared and sad, that's my perfect horror movie. And that's what I want. I mean, I'm also down with being mildly scared and laughing and having fun. That's also great. But, <laughs> but if it can bum me out and be upsetting and scary, that's, that's my real sweet spot. And this didn't get there for me. I just wonder though, do you think the movie at, at a certain point, I guess once they get to the house, moves so quick sure that that is there really any I, I totally get what you mean with almost delving more into character development at some point so sure. that you could see so that you could feel uh almost that you could empathize or sympathize with marie more especially when the twist comes and it sort of this idea of like well there's a psychotic break because she's madly in love with this girl and yeah, all of the, you know, all of the sort of homophobia that goes along with, you know, what's being expressed there. But, but it moves so quick the minute they get to the house, I almost feel like where's the room to develop sure. any of the characters? No, I like think there that's, was that. Yeah, totally. I think that's true. There is no room, but I think for me, that ending would be less problematic for me. I wouldn't even say problematic because that's making it too political. It would work better for me, and I think it would work better for other people yeah. if you just said, well, the movie's a little longer. we got to spend a little bit more time with these characters. And honestly, this is just another thing with me with horror. You know, The more time we spend with these parents, again, I'm not talking about hours. I'm talking about a few minutes here and there. We spend a little more time with both of these young ladies. We spend a little bit more time with, these, with this family. Then when you decide to very cruelly and brutally murder them, <laughs> I think it hits even more. I think that's a, yeah, yeah. I actually think that's a positive unless the goal is to be fun and campy. And, you know, I didn't watch a director's commentary. I did read a couple of interviews with this guy and I, and I do feel like he, it, it comes across to me like he thought of this movie as way more fun than it is. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is a kind of fun. Like, I don't say it's not fun altogether, but it's not campy. It's not silly. It's like it, it's pretty intense. And, and, and that's to its credit. But then I don't think the ending works with the intensity of it uh, without a little bit more humanization of their connection, mm -hmm. at which point the tragedy becomes even more powerful, this idea that, like, she is having this psychotic break. You know what I mean? But it, I don't know. The way it played for me, it feels a little bit more like uh, what matters here is that I'm really – I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to denigrate it, but at points to me it felt like it was like, ah, I've really freaked your bean on that one. Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I didn't see it coming. <laughs> You're right. I did see it coming, but that doesn't make it work per se. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, but I will say there's a lot of people who want to say this movie is – I'm, I'm sort of in the middle on this one, even more so than Halloween Kills, which is still, guys, not the worst <laughs> horror movie ever made, but it's bad. This is not bad. I just, I just agree with people that the ending doesn't work and it makes the rest of the movie, for me, less good. But I don't think it makes the movie – a bad like this is a terrible movie or that it's the worst decision to make i think it's more like i like the idea of a surprise ending i think the way you handled mm. it it comes across cheap to me it feels like you didn't put mm. the time in and and the inconsistent here's the thing she's having inconsistencies 
you know, like you explain the things that people are pointing at and saying, well, she's not a reliable narrator. There are cinematic ways to do that. There are a lot of movies about unreliable narrators. That's a pretty common fucking trope. There's a way to do that where the audience feels on board like, oh, yeah, we couldn't trust her anyway. But it doesn't. I don't think this movie does that in a way. I don't think it trusts its audience to do that because I think Mm. it I think it wants to just freak the shit out of you and not give you the chance to like come along for the ride that's that's my opinion of how it works again that doesn't make it a bad movie i just think a little if it was a little bit different i think it would actually be a fucking great movie and i don't think it gets there you know i think i think at points too you can walk away from this movie not even realizing that you've watched a movie that she was the the narrator of right yes because it's really unclear uh you know she's in she's talking at the beginning something uh i'll never let anything come between us again and then that she starts to say that again at the end of the movie and you know you're supposed to understand oh she's telling someone this entire story but you can also i think maybe you know the first time i walked away from it i didn't even really that didn't even register i wasn't oh she told the story i was like oh that was just great uh I didn't see the inconsistencies. I didn't, the twist ending, I was like, yeah, that was great. It was something interesting. And then I, it's, I started to think about it kind of, uh, you know, you're on your way home and you were like, I didn't like that about antlers. I didn't like that. And then over the years I was like, wait a minute, how is there a car chase? If who was in the car, what car, the van, what? And then all of a sudden, yeah, you're in that, you know, you're in that space of, oh, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't work. The twist kind of comes and and as you said there's no humanization of the characters and you don't really feel as much as maybe you could have um so yeah i you know it's 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 a complicated movie in that it, right it's yeah. it's like you said it, it's a good slasher film it's got the weird twist it could be great you know but it never really achieves that greatness. I will say, for me, it's outside of the French Extremity too, because at least the ones that I've seen, a lot of the ones that really fit, they seem to have an agenda. Like there's like something going on under the surface, and I don't think that's true here. Like I think this is, yeah, there's the twist that really fucks with stuff, and yeah, like the violence is over the top, but the idea that like there's something more on the mind. There's something more going on. I don't think that's true. And I don't say that to denigrate. I think that's one of the positives of the film. That the film's not trying to give you a thesis on modern French politics, which like, you know, we'll get there. You know, there are people who think martyrs is like about the history of French colonialism or shit like that. You know what I mean? Like there's 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 folks who and 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 you know, we'll we'll get into all that later, but with this movie like the idea like, well, this is a response to neoliberal policies of No, I don't think that's true at all. Dude had a cool idea, he executed it. It works for some people, it works doesn't work for other people. For me, I think it could work with just a few small changes here and there. I don't think he ruined the movie, which is like I get it. I'm if you didn't like this ending, and you saw it at the time, like at a film festival or something, I could see like having that visceral response, like, oh, I ruined a fucking great movie. I didn't feel that way, but I think it, you know, I'm having a slightly different response because I know what's coming. So I'm the whole movie going, all right, okay, I can see where we're, okay, all right, this, this seems strange. All right, I don't know. And it's not that she imagined a car chase. I could see imagining a car chase. 
why are we spending so much time doing the car chase? <laughs> We're spending a lot of time in this imaginary car chase. Like, or give me some visual cues that maybe what's happening isn't real. Like that would that would also freak the bean too, right? If yeah, there was yeah. a little bit of visual cues of like, what is even happening right now? That could add to that that reveal. I don't know. That's just my opinion. People the dis, people have been disagreeing about this movie since it came out. So I don't need if folks think I'm full of shit. That's fine. I'm not offended. <laughs> uh, but for me, it just doesn't quite work. And what is this saran wrap world they're in at like the end? What is that? <laughs> that whole wandering around in a saran wrap building. I never, you know, I never I sort of understood gr- I think that. it's like a, like a greenhouse. A greenhouse, like, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was this Aja's first film? I think it might have been, right? We should, yeah. we should know that, but I don't I, know that. <laughs> I, I think that it is. And I think that if a lot of what I've read with interviews with him, he's he's really paying homage to a lot of sort of like 70s and 80s American sure, uh, sure. slasher movies. I, re- I did see in the director's commentary, he was talking about the scene where uh, she kills the, uh, the gas station attendant and they watched uh, The Shining over and over again to get the scene where Jack Nicholson kills Scatman Crothers. To get uh, yeah, that, yeah, to get yeah, that yeah, yeah. axe, to get that exactly right. So you know, in in you know, uh, I guess I think I don't think it's uh, in French extremism either. I think it's just you know, Aja made a good French slasher horror film with a twist ending that sort of fell in when all of that French extremism was going on. This is actually his second film. His first film was something second, called yeah. Furia, and. Mm. Because of the success of this movie, he immediately made the Hills Have Eyes remake. Mm. Not good. In fact, I, I'll be honest. Like I'm trying. I've been trying to be really respectful because uh, the last thing I remember seeing that he did, I liked, which me and Justin saw Crawl. That movie was amazing. I liked yeah, Crawl. it was amazing. And I, Oxygen. I liked Crawl a lot. I haven't seen Oxygen yet, so I have oh. no, no opinion. I liked Crawl. Yeah, a lot. I loved Oxygen. Everything on this filmography that I've seen between High Tension and Crawl is bad. So, <laughs> I haven't seen all of it, but I don't like the Hills of Eyes remake. I don't oh, like Terrors. I don't like Piranha 3D. <laughs> I, I don't like You horns. don't like Piranha 3D? It's fine. It's just I, I'm excited to see Oxygen. I didn't know anything about it. but Yeah, I really liked it. Really liked it. I, I, you know, it's it's, uh, interesting. I'm going to have to see it. Yeah. Um, single location, you know, single location film really well done. Uh, and I thought crawl was, I thought crawl was really fun. It's, I I think it's really great. It's, but that's what I'm saying. is so interesting. We're going from high tension, a movie that I think is pretty good, but it doesn't quite work for me. Then a bunch of movies that I'm kind of like, man, like just, you know, especially horns. I hated horns. I, I, I thought that was so bad. And then crawl comes out and I'm like, yo, this is pretty good. But when I went to see crawl with Justin, I wasn't like, oh, this is this director who I mostly don't like. I just was like, oh, it's alligator movie, stoked. And only later was like, oh, that's the high tension guy. Had, <laughs> had not made the connection of all these other movies I did love that he was a part of. Just didn't make that connection. Uh, can I, I say something about this movie that I, I think it succeeded at yeah. in a way that a lot of these like edgy early alt movies failed utterly at? Sure. Um. 
I think a lot of things like um, Hostel and, Ugh. you know, the, the, the fucking weird torture porn movies, um, I think they try to make people feel uncomfortable by being as like grisly as possible. But there were a few moments in this movie where I was successfully made uh, like icky by the by 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 non by just typical non um just these little things like f- there were two moments uh when the killer quote unquote killer just like casually dumps that fucking whiskey on the other girl while he's driving and he's like laughing at her there was just something about that 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 creeped me out so bad and then at the very end or not at the very end when he has um when she's, uh, when it's all, again, it's all in this girl's head. When Marie is being pinned down and he's like jamming his fingers in her mouth, like that made me want to fucking vomit. Oh Ugh. my God, that was so yeah. gross. Yeah. And I thought that was like super effective in a way that like, I don't know, someone getting like their Achilles tendons cut or their fucking fingernails pulled out or any of the other shit that would happen in like an Eli Roth movie that's supposed to be so extreme. Like it was so quietly effective that I, I got to give it credit for that, that it, it, it creeped me out in a way that um, a movie, another movie that could be seen as going for the throat would just piss me off. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope people understand that, like, despite my strong criticism of certain aspects of the film, it's technically very, like, to a virtuoso extent, very, you know what I mean? Like, it... it it excels in ways that many horror movies do not. And in fact, some of the things it does well, I'd be forgiving if it didn't do well. You know what I mean? Like it's it's very hard to do some of what's happening in this movie. So I hope because I'm frustrated by certain things, but people don't think I'm like, yeah, the kills were stupid. And the, blah, blah. there are there, I, I know how this thing ends. And there are moments where I was like, kind of curled up in a ball a little bit. Like, fuck, <laughs> fuck, fuck. What's ha- okay, fuck, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I, I think overall this is a very effective film, but it's hard not to think about the ending when we're discussing the whole film, yeah. much the way everybody else does. Like I said, yeah. reading reviews from people, even the people I knew I, I was reading who loved it were like, I don't know, I think the ending really works. It's like their first sentence. I'm like, okay, what, what do we think about the middle of the movie? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that... Uh, oh. What's his name? Philippe, Philippe Nehan. I think that's the, he's the, the, who plays the, the serial killer, the male serial killer. I mean, he's, he's excellent as just this hulking presence that walks around in squeaky boots for, you know, the the first 20 minutes he's in the house, sort of stalking the family and taking out the family. He's an upsetting person. And he's just, yeah. And he's just, and then when they show his hands close up and they're just Ugh. filthy, like there's a lot of sort of that nuanced stuff that, that he as the, the actor is just, it's really great. And, you know, I know that he had retired from playing sort of psychopaths and bad guys and somehow Aja convinced him to come back and do this. And he didn't really want to do it, you know, and cause that's what I guess his career had been sort of built on. Right. playing these these sort of maniacs and 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 but he's just so good at it and so just his presence is so so sort of off-putting to me that a lot of that 
when he's in the movie, I'm like, oh, I'm just tense regardless, just because how he's presenting himself. Yeah, I mean, he's done a lot. This man has had 230 yeah, oh, roles. Yeah. But, like, he also was in a lot of these movies. It's just a lot of times he was a memorable extra. You know what I mean? Like, like even though he was in movies in this late 90s, early 2000s period that were, like, upsetting movies, there were plenty of them he was in where, like, he was more... How, how do I describe... Like... People knew who he was, but he wasn't playing something that was essential to the mm, movie. Yeah, you know, mm. he was he was like a uh, he was like a Dick Miller. Well, not really because <laughs> Dick Miller is pleasant, but you know what I mean. He's a yeah. recognizable face, but he's not necessarily playing the major role in some of these films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we should move on. I feel like we're gonna have a lot to say about Martyrs too, so we should probably move on to Martyrs. But <laughs> suffice it to say. Um, I didn't love this movie as much as you guys. I still think the ending doesn't work. But overall, it's pretty good. And I, I don't understand people who felt like the ending completely ruined the movie for them. I don't I don't quite get there. But I think if he had d- played the ending a little differently, I think it would have worked really well with some changes to the rest of the movie. Yeah, I, I yeah. You I know, agree. Like, yeah, I can I can I can vibe with that. Yeah, I think I think you can definitely watch the movie and and see how a, a few changes, and maybe there wouldn't be so much criticism about the big twist. I will say because we were talking about him, I'm flipping through this guy's filmography, and even though he wasn't playing a lot of psychopaths, he was in like almost every French extremity movie I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did a lot of Gaspar No stuff, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, uh, but he was also in what was the other one I just saw that I was like, oh fuck, he was in that too. I don't know. This is dead air sort of thing. We'll 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 talk about this some other time. But uh, uh, let's move on to Martyrs. I'm sure that's another movie that will sp- uh, be a lot of discussion. All right, we're yeah. gonna take a quick break, and when we come back. We're gonna talk about 2008's psychological horror film, Martyrs. We'll be right back. <laughs> And we are back to talk about 2018's Martyrs because <laughs> no one has ever said the name of this movie with that much goofiness ever. Yeah, that sounds like a really happy way to say that that, that well, movie. I was going to quote, uh, is it Hey Mercedes or Braid? If you want to be a martyr, try harder. No idea. It's Braid. 
No yeah, idea. Yeah, I have I have no idea. <sighs> Sorry. Anyway, um this movie I've uh, Actually, I'll, I'll get to it. Tim, take it away. What do you like about this movie? Uh, this movie hurts my soul. Um, <laughs> you know, it really, it, you know, uh, it hurts my soul. And and every time I've seen it, it never gets any easier. And I and I think that's why I like it so much. And it's weird. To, is it weird to say that you like a film like this so much? Like, is that a weird thing to say? No, lots of people love this movie. But it's really, like, unpleasant. It's really a slog in, a, in the best way. I mean that in the best way to get through. Even seeing it six, seven times, however many times I, I've, I've watched it at this point, still, like, I find myself holding my breath and, and watching it and just uh, – just it's so oppressive, uh, especially the, the the second half of the movie. Um, but I just I just love it. Uh, and I don't know if I don't know what that says about me. Hmm. I'm a little concerned. <laughs> no, I, I don't. There's a lot of things I love that are very upsetting. So I'm unwilling to assign anything negative to you for loving <laughs> a piece of art. I don't think that's fair at all. Uh, Justin, were you had you seen this before watching it for this podcast? I have not. No. What did you think? This is your first time viewing. I want to know. Uh, I'm kind of with Tim. This movie, uh, I loved it. I thought this movie was amazing. But what do we know? The movies we love, they rarely love us back. Very true. Um, mm. This movie was such a kick in the bits over and over and over oh. again. Um. Just the fact when, oh God, what's the, when Lucy first kills this family. Sure. The horror she feels at having done so is so upsetting. And then the fact that her friend is still doubting her after she just fucking murdered her family. That, and then like, it's, it's just, there, there's so much going on here. Um, that spawns from the trauma that this, this girl went through with this family. Um, and I think one of the things that really appealed to me is I'm going to say something that like, uh, no, Ryan Sawyer will probably get this. Um, there's something that speaks to me about the idea of a, a monastic approach to, or no, not, not monastic. I mean, I'm, I'm sure some, uh, there's some monasteries like it, this sort of like Cenobitic approach to enlightenment where you're inflicting pain upon yourself in some attempt to, uh, like gain ecstasy, like to emulate the passion of the Christ or whatever. Uh, there's something about that, that really fucking creeps me out. There is a book in the repairman Jack series where Jack comes across a sect of monks who do this to themselves. They like, uh, they eventually their goal is to like cut all ties from the from the physical world, from the world of the senses, so that they can see reality for what it actually is. And um they're they they talk a lot about about the suffering of children and how that 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 distilled can be 
be like a like a, like a tool to to see through the veil to other to other realities and there's not really much overtly mystic about this movie like i guess it is it is sort of like esoteric in the sense that we have like some kind of like religious order who is look trying to look past the veil of life and death when in reality it could just be like um you know shock induced hallucinations like we don't know uh but there's something about the idea of having some kind of like cosmic insight through agony and pain that just really freaks me out and this movie scratched that itch like it's a horrific movie for so many reasons like one we're seeing the result of like horrific abuse upon a child and then we have this woman who is so utterly alone that like the one person she cares about is still doubting her and then we have um you know the shit that uh what's her name the shit that uh, Anna goes through you know when she's like talking to her mom and it's like I don't know if maybe I was looking too far into things but it seemed like maybe her mom was like kind of at the very least emotionally abusive and then to just be her to realize that like your friend was right and all this horrifying shit was true and um, and then to experience it firsthand and then more so and you know and then like the, the, the ending of this is just like it just kept getting worse and worse and worse Ugh. and worse. And I kept yeah. expecting there to be some kind of yeah. like some kind of payoff. But then like, no. like it really, I mean, I do like the fact that um, logistically, like when the, when the Mademoiselle character, when uh, Anna like whispers to her and she's like, okay. And then she like kills herself. I've I, like, I was thinking like, you know, oh, was it because what she said was so horrible? And I was like, no, it's because, like, she knows there's, you know, her life's work is done. She has no purpose to be alive because there's nothing else here for her. Like, she's accomplished her mission. And I thought that was, like, a weird little, um, like, consistent. Like, that's what someone who was that far gone in their beliefs would do if they got affirmation that they were right. They'd be like, okay, no, there's no reason for me to be alive anymore. I've served my purpose. I'm out. Um, but the fucking last shot of this movie of Anna flayed and still alive. Ugh. Oh my God. It's haunting. It's so fucked. <sighs> it's, yeah. Yeah. It's a very upsetting, exhausting. <laughs> and, and it goes, I mean, One of the things about the movie that I think is is probably hard for some folks is that it almost feels like three movies squished together. Like it puts yeah. you through so many changes so and transitions. And then it's like, and scene. Here we are. Um, but I do wonder. I, okay, so let's I, I want to I want to back up a little bit and say the first time I saw this movie, I was obsessed with it right like i thought this was like again i don't know if i would say it was my favorite of the french extremity movies i've seen but it was definitely one that felt like it was doing something that there was something going on here um 
I apparently liked it enough that I uh, somehow got Suze to watch it with me. What? <laughs> yeah. You got to be real careful who you recommend or show this movie to. Yeah. <laughs> in in retrospect, if that I don't, that seems like a I. When she said that she had watched it with me, I was like, no, you didn't. But like, I don't know, maybe she did. I don't know. Uh, point of this being this is that um, on this watch, I was a little less overwhelmed with whatever it was that I found so deeply engaging the first time I watched it, but I was still impressed with how well it does what it's doing. So it's still very impressive, but for whatever reason, right, when I found out that there were, you know, when I first saw it and I found out that there were uh, articles like, uh, you know, uh, here's, here's something from off screen. Martyrs, evoking France's cinematic and historical past, in which there are connections made not just to other films like Eyes Without a Face, which I think is a very clear connection, um, as well as some other films about like um, uh, the time just after the war and uh, the 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 uh, shorn women as a finale. You guys know about shorn women. I mean, the shorn women connection is there because one of the awful pictures they use in the movie is of a woman who was uh, mm. murdered for sleeping with a German uh, soldier. Uh, but, but that whole, f that was a whole phenomenon of women whose hair was shorn off to shame them for their connections and, and sort of the ways that that represented um, not just a response to the horrors of World War II, but sort of the, the most kind of patriarchal response to that light, right? Like uh, instead of actually like, putting all of the officials on trial we're gonna physically punish women who the women you know, yeah yeah w without even analyzing like yeah but what are the various reasons that a woman might have slept with a german soldier <laughs> maybe it was to save her life or to get yeah. food or all these kinds of things that we're just going to punish them it's it's part of a whole thing but uh a lot of these a lot of these articles made a lot of hay, and I wanted to get y'all's response to this, to the idea that the family and the cult are very clearly white, whereas uh, Lucy and Anna are definitely not. Yes. Um, and do you think that is part of the sort of intentional context of this movie? Because I like when I watch it on this time, I was a little less thinking of the broader political context like when i first saw this movie I, I all that really mattered to me and watching it this time i was less struck by it but then reading some of this writing at the time there's a lot of thought about their identity do you think that's part of what's sort of in the in the text of the movie tim do you think so um I, I do. Um, in particular, I, I think that with the family, because the family is so sort of your atypical, I mean, the way that that whole setup goes where they introduce the family, like coming down for breakfast and right. joking around. And it's all it's domesticated, sort of like, right? It's domesticated torture. Yeah. And, and then, so then they're like, you're sort of this like atypical, the, the perfect, you know, white family, two kids, um, and then, uh, Lucy and Lucy and Anna, um, 
but as you said, are, are not. And I, I get, I think that with that aspect of it, the cult, I think is, I mean, clearly at the end when like sort of everyone gathers, they're all like a bunch of white folks. Uh, Mademoiselle is like a, like an old white lady. Um, but I, I really thought that they represented sort of more that just more that cult aspect of, of singular focus on trying to find out what happens when you transcend pain, when you go past pain into this, you know, what, what is the next thing that you see? Um, so maybe I, I saw it on one end, but I didn't particularly see it on the other. Sure. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I, so, so, uh, so just to say like, I do think this is a difficult movie to recommend. I think that my feeling this time, right that I didn't have last time was that we might've been able to accomplish some of what the movie accomplishes without the eventual, uh, torture taking as long as it does. Like Mm. there, there, I don't know. There's a lot of him just punching her in the face. There's a lot of, there's a lot of her just getting hit in the face. And I don't know if I need that. And I don't mean the gore of her having her skin removed. That is, that's, I, I'm sure all manner of critic is watching that going. This is extreme. I think that's necessary. I think that sort of thing was necessary. I think her time is feels a little extensive. But again, I think at the time when I first saw it, and maybe this is where I don't have it on my mind now, um, I think I viewed this movie as an expression of the trauma associated not only with World War II, but with the continued presence of some of that ideology. You could see the politics of the collaborator government still at work in France today, if you wanted to. You know what I mean? Especially if you're thinking about Algeria. You know, if you're thinking about some of the places where post-World War II, France was still willing to do whatever the fuck they wanted to do. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, it's like, what is it that it, just, you'll know this uh, the other day on one of his podcasts, Robert Evans said, uh, my general rule is that if you've committed more than three genocides, it's not it, racist to do an accident of your people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so because people said his French accent was racist and he's like, if you've done more than three genocides of which France says that way more than, uh, then you don't get to be offended when I do the accent. Uh, and I think that's fair. I think that's, part of what's going on here might be like in what ways is mademoiselle similar to like a Mengele or some even maybe not the literal reality of the nazi experimentation the 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 perception of it right which is like that when we think about the horrors of of the nazis like obviously holocaust but also completely unjustified medical experimentation which led to nothing by the way uh and the spirituality of it right that they were also searching for occult stuff well this cult kind of smushes those things together it has the cold precision that we associate justifiably or not with the nazis but also this idea that there is some path to enlightenment through that violence right that there is something to be revered spiritually. I think there's something something to that. But for whatever reason, on this viewing, I wasn't reaching for that higher thing. I was more distracted by the grittiness. Of, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? That well, like for whatever reason on this viewing, I was less willing to see a higher purpose to what was happening and was more like, I'm just bummed, y'all. This just bummed me out. I don't know. I, I think... I mean, I, oh, no, ahead, I just Tim. wonder... I, no, no, I was about to say, I wonder... You know, 
because Liam and I, Liam, Liam and I have seen it multiple times. Like I remember back to my first time seeing it. And since Justin, it was your first time seeing it. I kind of wonder what, what your feeling was during that. Was it, that's like a 20 minute part of the movie where she's just in the basement getting beaten and fed that green goop and slapped and you know, all the, like, how did you feel seeing that the first time? Uh, I thought it was, uh, what, what did someone, they explained how they, um, I forget the exact quote, but Mademoiselle was saying that we like, we make people, it's like we, we, we put people in these bad situations and then we feed their suffering. And I was curious because uh, it was like really like a montage type thing. You know, obviously this wasn't happening over the course of like one day. Yeah. I was yeah. curious. Yeah, I, I was yeah. curious like how long they were keeping her in solitary confinement before just showing up and beating the fuck out of her. And I, I think it was like to me, it was like, holy shit, they have completely and utterly isolated this this young woman from the rest of the world and it's fucking sickening. Like I didn't think it was again, this movie I, I I think gets oftentimes not so much anymore, but there was a period of time where everyone was like, yo, you think that movie's fucked up. You should watch Martyrs. And it was like, eh, that's why I was kind of like for years I didn't watch this movie because I assumed it was like just another like Serbian film kind of movie. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah, no, but uh, there's yeah, something yeah. There's something a lot more thoughtful and elegant about this movie than there is about the Serbian film. And I think that like that the montage of the, the brute violence against this against this woman, it is in line with that. Um, I, I mean, it definitely didn't make me feel good. Like I was definitely watching it like, oh, yeah, they're really they're really driving it home that like suffering is the key to something here. Like they're trying to like there's a right. there's a point to this that this isn't just like. Well, um, he, I mean, he specifically said that uh, part of the transgressiveness of the violence is not the extremity of it, but that it is aimed at suffering more than catharsis, right? Mm -hmm. That like yes. a lot of pain in horror movie, even if it is painful, a, a lot of the violence is cathartic, whereas this is more drawn out. It's about extended suffering and that in his mind that was transgressive for horror fans because that's not usually how horror works. But I also, again, I, I if I'm being gracious, I also think it's transgressive because it represents something about the French audience watching it, you know? I mean, granted, this movie was actually much more popular internationally than it was in France, but maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe the French didn't actually want to watch what was going on in that basement. I don't know. Uh, it's also interesting that uh, nothing about this movie really speaks to this, but it's neat that they made this movie in 2008 and it takes place in 1986. Yeah, I I only found that out on paper. I didn't realize that watching it at hmm. all. Yeah, I never I never realized that. I'm wondering if there's something if there's something there. You know, like I'm, I'm sure there is actually that I didn't get. I bet, I yeah, that's what I'm saying is like you know, you were talking earlier about like the 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 the, the, the like Vichy French and all that. And I'm wondering if there was any of that still present like in France in the 80s. Like was there any sort of like neo-fascist stuff going on in France at the time? 
I mean, I'm, I know there was, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, there, there always is. There always I mean, is. It's yeah. the French. That's part of the anxiety, right? That like the 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 appeal of the German occupation was the the race and purity stuff, right? That that actually that kind of vibed with certain aspects of the French. Uh, not not all of it. Like it's not that the whole country is, but like since then. The question of what is France and how does France remain pure still has political power the way it does in other places. But, you know, unlike in Germany, where Germany's like, we did a thing and now we have to make up for that thing. France doesn't have to have that conversation in the same way because they were the victims. Right. But like not everybody was the victims. And so, like, how is the movie sort of dealing with these questions? Because there there is something even though race isn't the primary goal of this group. I do wonder to what extent the question of purity and pure suffering and the pure vision, like there is something underneath there that's going on. Um, but again, the, the it was hard for me to see that because I don't know, maybe I've gotten soft, but I was not thinking about some of that stuff this on this viewing. I uh, earlier you were saying about like the, the, the family and how like they're the, this woman's family, like that, that we see in the beginning, they're kind of like an ideal family. I think there's there there's something there, um, in the way that this woman speaks to her son. Yeah. She's calling him like a like a loser and all this shit. And it's weird, right? It, it just before you realize me, it, it's weird. She called him a loser because he wanted to be a pastry chef instead of a lawyer. Right. And there is something vaguely fascist about that. <laughs> I'm serious. Like you want to. You want to pursue the culinary arts when you should pursuing well, law. Like, also, also, how, how how not French is that right? Like, you live in fucking France. Bread is a national concern. You should be you know honored. I mean? Your son wants to be a pastry <laughs> chef. One hundred percent. I I actually now that you say it, that's actually a psychotic moment that any mom would be like. Pastry? Who cares about pastry? Be a lawyer. Uh, we're in fucking France. What are you talking about? Like, yeah, the French aren't known. The French haven't done anything cool legally in the past fucking three hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, bread is like a real thing over. Like, bread they is care really cool. About that. But I mean, in France, like there is there is more regulation around the around the creation of bread than there is around some other things. Certainly more than there is around any food in this country. You know what I mean? So like, well, I, I think like the only thing that in in France is held in high esteem is um, fucking and <laughs> art, fucking and food. Right? That's all <laughs> well, they no, care like, about. Like and and remember remember um, the one the fucking the, the the director who made Titan her prior movie uh, Raw, Raw. How yeah. like. We found out that apparently France has like the best vet schools in the entire world. Yep, yep, what? Yep, yep. Like, so I know that's like when I found out that the community college I got my associate's degree from, they're like the best mortuary school in the country. And I was like, oh, that's that's why there's dorms there. And that's why there's always a bunch of fucking weirdos walking around because they're all the tall man. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the, like, yeah, that that's just I, I think like the, the, the family, like the, the, the perfect family being there in the very beginning, like the kind of just under the surface yeah. um, filthiness of that is what this movie is all about, is you have this ideal looking family that has just has done literally unspeakable things. Uh, there is something there. That the 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 director the writer and director are trying to say something about that. I just can't quite 
pick well, through I, what it I is. I do think that he's there is a certain messing with your emotions, right? Like you are of course inclined to be at least a little bit before we have any context of what what's going on. She very brutally murders these people, right? Like it's hard as a human to not be like should I be worried about? Is this okay? Like, what's going on? And then at the in the in the second half of the film, you're like, oh, this family was doing this. These yeah. are the worst people to exist in the world. Yeah. I should have been celebrating their death, I guess. But it's like you know that there's something about you know uh, subverting expectations there. But there are clues, right, in that conversation on on this watch. And I say second. This is, I guess, probably my third watch, I think. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know how many. But there is something going on where I'm like, yeah, these people suck from jump, actually, if you're paying attention. Like, this is not actually, there's something under the surface happening here. Like, it's all too perfect. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. There is a hardness to the mom, which I guess she would have to be, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, I, 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 I don't. Again, we, we, we sort of said this is a hard movie to recommend, but then I'm also like, I don't know. Do you think you guys would recommend? I feel like I still might recommend it to people who, I think, if people wrote this movie off as edge lord bullshit like Serbian film, it's not that, right? I still don't know that you would like it, and I don't know that it. I, I still am not sure if the movie fully justifies the extent to which we really fuck this girl's life up on camera. Like, it's really long. It's a lot of her getting fucked let up. Me, I don't know if that's justified or not, but I still might recommend it to some people. I, I let, don't know. Let me put it to you this way. We have a record store at the Eastern Exchange. Sure. One time a kid came in wearing a like evergreen terror shirt or something like that. And he had like a straight edge tattoo. I talked to him briefly. He was like a, like a 20 something year old kid, but he also looked like a dipshit. Sure. <laughs> so I didn't sure. recommend a course of, dis- course of disapproval to him. Another time, some young kid comes in minor threat shirt, bought a copy of war, not in this alone. That kid got the recommendation for course of disapproval. Sure. The parallel here is if there's some jerk off who's like, man, I think Tom Six is like the greatest director of all time. And ah, Rob Zombie. Bah! I'm going to be like, cool, you should watch. Um, and I would recommend like, I don't know. Uh, they probably haven't seen fucking House by the Cemetery. Yeah, go watch House by the Cemetery. I would not recommend this movie because I don't think they can comprehend the nuances of it. And also, I don't think meatheads can comprehend the nuances of a course of disapproval. It's the same thing. <laughs> I like how this is tied to your love of course of disapproval. But, yes, but I think generally, all things are. <laughs> yeah. But I think generally, I think the point you're making does make actually a lot of sense to me in the sense of like um i would ask our listeners who i think are probably pretty you know uh sophisticated people to know yourself uh there are a lot of people who watch horror who have trauma that they're dealing with and they find the violence in horror does not actually activate their trauma because the violence is different than real life violence and i would say some of the violence in this movie is not that different than real life violence. So like if you're someone who has 
certain kinds of trauma in your past, this movie might trigger the fuck out of you. Oh, so, yeah. So, like, go in oh, yeah. knowing yourself and knowing what you can, you know, deal with, honestly. Um, that being said, I also think if, like, Justin, you were describing, I would say someone who sees violence as just an opportunity for funsies and isn't interested in like the question of actual suffering. This movie is not going to tickle your funsies bone. And, it, and, and if it does, I don't know, maybe you need to see a counselor or something. Uh, Cause yeah. this is not a fun, this is not a fun movie, but I do think there's something here that even though on this watch, I was less enchanted with the thought going on, it's there. And if you're someone who wants to, allow violence to encourage other thinking i think it's there i think there's a possibility here for a deeper conversation um and and, uh, it's really just a question of is it worth it or not and i don't know that everyone is going to feel like it is worth it for some people it's going to be like yeah it's an extreme movie but it it, it was worth it to get to where it brought me i just don't know that everyone's going to be there and this viewing i was a little like worn out by it whereas i didn't feel like that previously Liam, let me, let me ask you this with, with, so, you know, third time watching it through sort of experiencing something different this time around, how did you feel about, cause really it's, it's like you said earlier, it's at least three films, if not two, there's sort of the, the first, uh, the, the first sort of almost like a, like before you understand what the, 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 woman who keeps attacking uh lucy before you really we really understand what that is it's presented almost like a monster sort of movie context when she's still at the at the home yes yes so so there's like there's sort of that and then it skips 15 years forward and there's the whole sort of uh, killing of the family and leading all the way up to you know her relationship with Anna, Anna doubting her, Lucy killing herself, then going to, I, I don't know if we call it act three, but Anna and what she goes through, how, how did you feel? Because my relationship to the film has changed in the way that it's broken up sure. as I've watched yeah. it more. Did, did that change for you? On this viewing, I was less interested in the, and I don't know if it's because I know what's really going on. Her being stalked by this like uh, uh, embodiment of her own guilt mm-hmm. and pain. So, yeah, what, yeah. What, what we learn is a common hallucination among the victims of this torture. Yeah. That was like just, it felt like a distraction for me this time, which mm-hmm. is yeah. maybe not fair, but that's how it felt to me on this viewing. Yeah. Um, and, and then, like I said, knowing where it was going and wanting almost wanting to get to that ending, which I think is actually very good. I think it's a very good way to end this thing rather than having her reveal what's being told to her. I think it's better to end ambiguously. Um, Her time in that torture pit basically felt longer to me than it did before Mm -hmm. to the point where I started to be like, like this is ridiculous, but I really thought I I really seriously thought, I wish they would just get to the skinning already. Like, I just wish they would <laughs> which get is a weird, which is a weird thing to wish for. But the skinning I know isn't real. Like the skinning yeah. feels yeah. feels fantasy to me. 
and again, he doesn't literally beat her up, guys. Like, I'm not saying that. But yeah, yeah. there's something about the extent of the gross shit they're feeding her, the 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 bored cruelty of what they're doing to her. They don't come with up with fancy ways to hurt her, right? No. They don't, you know, it's not like that. It's not that kind of, that's one of the many things that separates it from a torture porn, right? It's not that. He's just beating the shit out of her no, it's because the, those scenes feel like you're watching domestic abuse yeah but then when she gets flayed it feels like you're watching a fucking clive barker movie right yeah like, exactly exactly it's, it's easier to see it's easier to, to 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 just uh consume it as fantasy as opposed to um i don't know my father's childhood it, it's i mean but i it's, guess i guess what i should say here though knowing the director what the director intended I feel like maybe on this viewing, I was more connecting to the intention than I was before. That if, mm-hmm. if I'm watching mm-hmm. those scenes and I'm being fucking exhausted and I'm sad and I'm like, I don't want to see this anymore, that's a little more what he wanted, actually, than when the first time I thought saw it and it didn't make me feel like the worst thing ever. You know, does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think it's I think it's particularly what still sort of strikes me about that, that last half of the movie with Anna is how sort of methodical like, the guy, yeah. the, the guy like comes down, he's got like his business slacks on and his, his work shirt. And you know, he's not in medical gear and he just, he just beats her up and then leaves or, or there's a scene where he like unchains her from the wall and she makes a run for it. And he, again, like, punches her and yeah and hope, but just like hope sort has of to like, be a part of the of the violence there yeah and just some, sort, yeah, yeah, yeah and 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 the methodical nature of of um i think ver- the first time you see it versus later times i remember the first time i see it i also kind of like was wondering like how long has she been down here for and every time the 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 hatch would open meaning somebody was coming down i would feel my the, the first time through i'd be like <gasps> I would feel myself taking that deep breath and getting really tense. And then as you see it more, it doesn't get any easier to watch, but you have right. this understanding of, of, of where, uh, Lager was trying to get people to go yeah. to not be, not be bored with it. You'd never bored with something like that, but to be sort of so oppressed by it that you were just like, okay, I'm just, I'm just getting through it. And then on constant, on, on subsequent viewings, I feel like, Maybe you're like, I I almost want to get to what is sort of the more yeah horror the more fantastical horror element when they skin her and and and, yeah. and that. Um, well, I mean, yeah, it's I I, no, came, I came on today thinking I might say that I don't like this movie anymore because of how I felt after watching it, but talking it through with you guys, I feel like more what I'm feeling is, uh, you know, not that long ago. Uh, we we did an episode of Cinepunks with a friend who wanted us to do both of the full length Ari Aster movies. So we did Hereditary and um, uh, Midsommar. And Midsommar, I was, yeah. And I was like, after that episode, I said, guys, this is the fourth time now that I've watched this fucking Hereditary movie. I'm done. Like I'm never watching it again. And uh, they were like, oh, because you don't like it. I'm like. No, like I, I still think this is a great movie, but I'm done. It's had its way with me now four times, mm-hmm. and it doesn't hurt any less. It doesn't hurt any less. So I'm, I'm through. I'm never watching it again. I love it. I love the director. I'll see his next movie. I don't need to watch this movie again. 
I think I interpreted my same response to this movie this time as like, oh, I don't like this movie. But actually, I think it's like, okay, third time through, I've learned everything I need to know. I've gotten what I need from this movie. I don't need to watch it anymore. And I don't think it's because the movie isn't doing what it's meant to do. I think it's mm. actually doing what it's meant to do. But I've had enough. I've had enough yeah. of Martyrs. I feel that. Yeah. I don't need to see it again. And and I think the thing is, because I don't have that response a lot, I don't always know how to, how to process it. But it's not the only movie. There are other movies that maybe are less physically brutal, but are as emotionally brutal, that I'm like, yeah, I'm, I love that I saw that movie. That's a great movie. I don't need to rewatch it. Actually, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Watch it for sure. Justin, would be would it be a multiple view for you, or are you once and done? With uh, it? I might be able to watch it a couple more times, but it 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 definitely has that like, you know, in the same way like Liam was talking about Hereditary. Like, I could probably watch Hereditary like one or two more times and be like, I don't nah that 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 <laughs> I'm good. Like, it, it's definitely a movie that. Um, it didn't, I mean, it, it, it fucked with me, but I think now watching it again, it might actually be worse because I know what's going to happen mm-hmm. yeah, and it's probably yeah. still going to be just as, ups- there's going to be that anticipation that's going to make it even more unpleasant slash very pleasant. Like if that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I've probably seen it like six times and that's not because I'm a glutton to, I, I don't go through these periods where I'm like, Oh, I, I have to see martyrs. It's it's usually when I recommend it to a friend and they're like, Oh, do you want to watch it with me? And I'm like, yeah, I'll watch it with you. <laughs> um, but I mean, maybe that's a sign of a really good film when yeah. you're not, it's not that you're tired of it. You're just like, I, I I'm good. I, I I'm good. And I don't, we're at a good place together. The film and I, and, and I, you know, I, I don't know. I, like I mean, the film and I have reached are, an agreement. I mean, we are, the, the, we are good. This last time watching it, uh, in prep for the podcast was like, you know, again, like, like, uh, Justin said, uh, it never, it, I never find it any easier. I think what I find is I find the difficult parts are, are different. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, the, the first time I saw it, this was the difficult part to get through. Now it's like, and like you said, the part with, um, the, the what, who is this? woman that's chasing her and st- what's that all about once you sort of that whole that might become a little less effective with multiple viewings uh not because it's not effective just because you've seen it so many times and it's sort of the more you know sort of straightforward like horror kind of aspect at the beginning of the movie well and i also think my interests are changing like i think i'm more interested currently in atmosphere movies and this mm-hmm. is this is not fucking that like this is no, not no. this is not a vibe in fact it, it, it often is trying to fuck with your vibe if you're trying it's about to, as cold know. as it comes yeah it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah it's so cold i mean leather furniture and really angular like the everything in that house is really angular and just yeah it's, it's there's no uh that's one thing I, I i feel about this movie is from the beginning to the very end there's no warmth in the movie at all. It's just so cold. I'm so glad though, Tim, that you as our guest brought these movies. Cause I don't know when we were going to get here. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if Justin was ever going to text me and be like, let's do, let's do these movies. Like, I don't know <laughs> that that was going to happen. So I'm glad that you brought it. And it, even though I know I'll feel just as 
exhausted by some of them. I do think in the future, Justin, we're going to have to do more of these movies because I think their DNA is still, uh, even if this particular moment has passed, their DNA is in new movies. They're, they're still influencing movies now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, yeah. maybe maybe next time it's our, you know, I Stand Alone Cavalier double or maybe Frontiers Cavalier or uh, who knows? Who knows what it'll be, but it'll be something. I'm going to have to lurk in on that one. Yeah, no, that would... I mean, Tim, we're, this is the time when we're wrapping up where I can let you know you've been an exemplary guest. I would say, <laughs> I would say top, top five guest ever, period. That's just how it is. No, oh, you just can't even see me blushing right now. <laughs> Aww, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks oh, a lot. I, was, I, I really, honestly, I, I can't tell you all how much I was looking forward to, um, you know, being on this. I mean, fuck, I've known Justin for so long and, 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 uh, it was just really neat to, to discuss these two films. Cause like I said, there's not, I don't have a lot as now that I think about it, my drummer is like, I, I need to sit down and watch Martyrs. So I'll watch it one more time and then, yeah. and then we'll discuss it. I mean, t- Tim, we don't really know each other, but I will let you know that the, the second hardcore shirt I ever bought was the Ensign shirt with the state of New Jersey on it. Like that is, <laughs> that's just the real, I mean, my junior, a bunch of my junior year yearbook photos are me in an Ensign shirt with a, with a, with a, uh, a straight edge bead necklace I made. Like that's like an image that people know. It's like, Oh yeah, you had that Ensign New Jersey hardcore shirt. I'm like, yes. And, and yes, do you I know, did. and do you know how much that Ensign shirt is worth now? How much? Two dollars. Two dollars. Ah. <laughs> I was hoping it was two dollars. What also one of my favorite memories is being at a show. I'm wearing an Ensign shirt, right? Two gentlemen walk up, also in Ensign shirts. Only they're one of them. <laughs> one of them is wearing. They're wearing the same shirt. It's just one of them has it in long sleeve. So they're like, "We're not matching. Mine's long sleeve." And <laughs> even though I have an Ensign shirt on, we proceeded to clown them forever like that was just like <laughs> we're never letting this go we're never I, I think one of those dudes ended up in nora at some point but i don't know i, I, I mean I there, there, there was there was a moment where there were uh there would be multiple ensign shirts at any given show yeah thankfully just, thankfully that moment is passed but I, I just uh, always thought it was funny because i like i had the i had the i had an ensign shirt on but i wasn't matching anyone so therefore they yeah. had to get clowned yeah <laughs> Well, if anybody wants those shirts, there's about 200 of them uh, in our guitar player that, for my new band in, yes. in his house right now. Yes. So you guys can have them. Yeah, cool. You can have them. Basketball jerseys, everything. We got them oh, all. Man. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> man. All right. But so, no, I, Tim, seriously, y'all, yeah, what? Oh, I was going to we're going to say I was going to ask you to hype up your, uh, your band and all that. Yeah, but. do your plugs. Plug your pluggables. Uh, I don't want to plug, but I am in a new band called fuck it. I quit, which isn't that new, but the pandemic as with just about everything else of kind of fucked, yeah. it, fucked everything up. Um, yeah, That's... it's, it, it's, uh, I'm super proud of it. And, uh, you know, it's actually, I actually like it. Um, I don't like it better than Ensign, but I'm, I'm just really, uh, excited to be, uh, playing with these guys and, and, you know, uh, be an older gentleman sure. in the punk scene and still feel like I'm, I'm doing something, uh, 
relevant and new. So, yeah, I mean, I love yeah, it's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty important to me because I, I see a lot of my peers have gone off the deep end with, uh, a lot of, uh, political and philosophical arguments, but are also just standing on their laurels on records they made, you know, 30 years ago. And we're not like, going to okay. name names. No, we're I not. Mean, yeah, I mean, we, we don't could, need but to, right? Everybody no, does. No, we don't. Everybody, Everybody knows. fucking does. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's like, so I'm, I'm happy that, uh, I found some from some folks to play with that are on board with uh, you know hyper political animal rights kind of oriented stuff that we're doing and and yeah and it's great and uh, I, I'm super stoked on it and uh, I'm really honestly you guys I'm really stoked that you had me on because it was it was super fun to to, to talk about these films. Hell yeah! I I the, the pleasure was all ours and I, I I really appreciate it. Like I said, you set a table that I think that we needed to get to at some point. And I'm really glad you did because it was cool to have a guest on and have your interest and passion for these movies sort of animate our thing. And you, you know, I expected Justin to come on and not like either of these movies. So Justin, the fact that you did, I'm like, Oh, that makes me so happy. It was like, it, it, it made it like even more interesting to talk about them. I couldn't believe Justin told me we were talking earlier and he said, uh, yeah, he's like, you know, this is the first time I ever saw Martyrs. I was like, whoa, holy shit. <laughs> I think I think I, we talked about I think I think the knowing, Justin, that you thought that maybe both of these movies were like edgelordy movies. I think I got that vibe early on that you were like, oh, French extremity. These are going to be stupid. I'm like, no, they're not, though. Like, even if I don't love all of it. None of them are stupid. I don't think they're all some. There's something there. Even the ones that are the the you know I would say I stand alone is the the Gaspar Noe one. It's mm-hmm. like it's a fucking gimmick. But there's but there's a reason for the gimmick. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it's it's a real gimmicky movie, and yet when it's over, you're like, okay, I I see what you're doing. I got gotcha. you. I know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, and you know the other the, the one thing I will say, and I feel like you guys touched on it a bunch during this is when sort of this whole movement of, of, of films uh, gets written off as like torture porn, which is like this, you know, that's like, it's not. And it, it really does a disservice to a lot of these movies that are, that are something more than that, you know, like that, like a crappy Eli Roth movie, like hostile or something like that. Like, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's violence for violence sake. And, and, and there's no deeper, message in that and a lot of these uh french extreme movies there's a lot it, they're so layered that the violence is just you know something that gets us something that gets us to that point if sure. that makes yeah. any sense and and it that's does. like a little that's like a little frustrating because you recommend these movies and people are like no you know i'm not into that torture porn crap and i'm like well, I'm not asking you to watch Green Inferno. I'm I'm asking you to watch, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm yeah, I'm asking yeah. you to watch like Martyrs or or something else. Um, and so yeah, and I think it's so I think it's like a a good thing when uh, when people hear people speak of these movies as like these multi layered experiences, not just okay, like they chop this guy's dick off and put it in his mouth because that's what you want to see, you know which is like, that's what torture porn is to me. These sort of like, you know, characters that you don't like, uh, getting, you get to see your revenge and you're almost satisfied with the violence. You're like, yeah, that's what I wanted to see with something like martyrs. You don't want to see Anna go through that. You're not like the violence. There's no pay. There's no payoff for the the viewer in the violence. It just gets worse and worse until it gets to that end point where, you know, the end of the movie 
and you're not satisfied, you're, you know, you got you're, you're there's an issue if you're satisfied with it. If you're like, yeah, that was great. I loved it. You know, whereas at the end of like a torture porn movie, you're like, yeah, I want to see those people. I want to see that happen to those people. So I don't know. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. No, I hear you. <laughs> I think you're making a lot of sense, but I'm upset. Antlers was ruined for me. I just, I'm I don't even so know. I'm so sorry. I got <laughs> I feel so bad. All right. We'll, we'll wrap this up so we don't ruin anyone else's thing. Yeah. Watch. All right. Watch. We're going to get an email from someone who's like, I fucking love hostile. You assholes. I don't give a <laughs> All right. Sorry. Right, just blame so, it on me. Yeah. Yeah. He's, it's fucking go, go yell at Tim at one of his fucking shows. Yeah. You can yell, you can yell at me. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, so yeah, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, you can find more episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Cinepunks and, uh, the final season of Black Sun Dispatches is, is, is rolling forward. Yep. So you can head to Cinepunks.com to check that out. Check out our sponsors, LVAC.com, XLVACX.com and EssexCoffeeRoasters.com. And until next time, Colin Powell is in hell. Peace. (laughs) Peace. Do you scan the night sky in search of unidentified aerial phenomena? Do you lose sleep over strange projects funded by the CIA? Ever wonder which orifices ectoplasm comes out of? Come explore the unexplained and unexplainable with us on our podcast, Weird, Obscure, and Possibly Unsafe. We'll talk about telepomancy, haunted railroads, sentient umbrella spirits, mind-altering video games, remote viewing, SpongeBob conspiracy theories, and only gets weirder from there. Each episode will share three stories about all the weird things they tell you not to believe. Weird, obscure, and possibly unsafe. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey! Hey!